Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. 206 is the time here at KSL News Radio. Uh, and it's time now for the top two at two o'clock. What does that mean? Well, here on this program, we've started uh, a new tradition each day at two o'clock. I will share with you the top two stories. What qualifies? As a top story, well, it's something that you might go home this evening and sit around your kitchen table and have a chat with your loved ones about. It's something big in the world of politics, uh, it's something big in the world of sports, or who knows, wherever it is. If it is something that I'd like to sit down and chat with little baby Piper, well, when she gets old enough, she's not exactly uh, <laughs> speaking too much. It's more of a one-way conversation when Piper's involved. I do most of the chatting, uh, but... Someday, I look forward to chatting with her around the dinner table about the news of the day along with her uh, beautiful mother. And so it is that I look at each day's stories, the ones printed here on the rundown each day, and select a a pair of them as the top two stories of the day. The top story, you might think it's impeachment. No, that's the second story. We'll get to that in just a moment. I'll give you some of the updates we know. Not many, uh, but some of the updates uh, and some of the new information uh, that we're anticipating here in the near future. Uh, the top story, though, today has to be what is playing out right now in Dallas, Texas, specifically uh, under the direction of Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Here's what happened. Someone uh, over the last few days noticed that at a home game of the Dallas Mavericks that the national anthem didn't play. And that made some headlines. And it was later confirmed that that the absence of the national anthem was, in fact, due to instruction given by Mark Cuban. It was later realized that, oh, my gosh, we're like 13 games into the season, 13 home games, I should say. And we have yet to uh, we have yet to play the national anthem. And that was all under Mark Cuban's direction. He had instructed uh, the the operators of his basketball games there to uh, to to abstain from playing the national anthem. And uh, when that was realized, uh, man, it made the rounds. And it upset a few folks, myself included, if I'm honest. Uh, we talked about it at, uh, at great length here on, on the program earlier today. And uh, via social media, at least, and over the phone, the pretty much the, the consensus is that this is a bad move, that the national anthem played before basketball games and before any sporting endeavor uh, is is a good and beautiful tradition that ought not be interrupted. Well, there was an update to that story, 
and it took place right in the middle of the program. The NBA spoke up, specifically uh, through the mouth of NBA communications officer Mike Bass, offered a statement here this morning saying that with NBA teams now in the process of welcoming back fans into their arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with longstanding league policy. Notice it says policy, not tradition. It is the policy of the league that teams play the national anthem ahead of time. And so where does that leave the Dallas Mavericks? They've got a home game tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. What will happen? Well, Mark Cuban spoke up. He responded. He said, okay, that's good with me. All right, that's fine. Uh, I'll I'll read you his statement. It's in its entirety. I've got it right here. Uh, Let me click and clack and make sure I've got it. Okay, so Mark Cuban says this. He uh, says, We respect and always have respected the passion people have for the anthem and our country. I have always stood for the anthem and with a hand over my heart no matter where I hear it played. Uh, But we also hear the voices of those who do not feel the anthem represents them. We feel they also need to be respected and heard because they have not been heard. He uh, later made it very clear that he, in fact, would be playing the national anthem tonight. Uh, But that doesn't uh, doesn't, uh, ignore the fact that for 13 games, his choice was to not play the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem of these United States. That's the first story. Second top story is taking place right now on the floor of the United States Senate. And in fact, uh, the lead impeachment manager has returned to the floor. That's Representative Jamie Raskin. The promise before the break there was that new information was to be presented. Let's go now to the floor of the Senate and hear from uh, from Representative Raskin. I guess we're uh, waiting to get some good audio from the floor. The connection not so strong. We've got it now. Here's <clears throat> Representative Raskin. Almost all of us were here on January 6th, and we all have our individual experiences, what we felt, what we saw, what we heard. We've seen clips and reports in the media, but I have to tell you, let me let me butt back in here real quickly, and I apologize for interrupting the the delegate. You're hearing now from uh, Stacy Plaskett as I introduced Representative Raskin. He was handing it off to uh, Delegate Plaskett. Another warning was uh, just given us from the floor, and it is that uh, upcoming there will be uh, very graphic images and uh, very graphic videos. Uh, in full disclosure. Uh, these videos sometimes contain profanity, and uh, I, I don't have the authority or power to uh, usurp the FCC, and we've got some regulations we ought to abide by here at KSL News Radio. And so w- w- what's going to happen is we're going to step away from the House floor. Uh, we're going to monitor it uh, offline, and uh, once we have the, the new information that's been promised and, and the new uh, depictions in the videos that are upcoming, we'll bring those uh, to you in their entirety, and we'll scrub out any of the bad words if we're able. Uh, so that's what's happening right now. That's my explanation for why we've stepped away from the floor. It's with that warning coming from lead uh, lead manager, lead impeachment manager, uh, Representative Raskin, that upcoming there's going to be some graphic stuff on the horizon. Uh, I, I'm not excited about that. Uh, I'm not excited about that at all. Uh, I... Well, you know what I went through. I, for a number of years, worked in the capital of the United States and uh, left that job, that wonderful job and those wonderful friendships in those beautiful and sacred halls uh, to come here and hang out with you each afternoon. And I've greatly enjoyed that. Uh, But as I saw the events transpire on January 6th and I saw 
uh, that sacred building desecrated, it, uh, it absolutely broke my heart. And honestly, for the next two weeks or so, uh, I was one of those doom scrollers. I'd sit on the social media and scroll up and down and watch nothing but videos of people storming the Capitol, including a video shot by a, a, a Utah who uh, is facing some more charges now. Uh, but those videos of people shouting and vandalizing and uh running through and rummaging through the offices and records and files and computers uh, of the men and women of the United States Congress and their staff. Uh, It's a heartbreaking thing. And what we've just learned is that we're going to see it again, and we're going to see it in maybe its most intense form. Uh, We're going to take a a break right now. When we return, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on what's going on on the floor of the Senate. If I'm able to learn anything, uh, I'll, I'll share it with you. Uh, But I do want to talk about an announcement to come from the Department of Transportation and the CDC, the possibility of all domestic flights requiring a negative COVID test before boarding. You got any thoughts on that? I'll share the story and my thoughts next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 